fourth episode of the Ride Dirty Podcast. JJ Guires. All the bikes I owned were mountain bikes, and there were trails, you know, kind of right outside my backyard that I could just go to the park and just do laps until I die. Cool. Um, so we'll, we'll go ahead and start it then. Um, so this is the fourth episode of the Ride Dirty podcast. Oh. Um, so, the, you know, fourth one, and I'm with JJ. Um, what's your last name? Squires. Squires. Yeah. Um, and what does JJ stand for? Uh, so my given name is Joshua. My middle name is James. Got it. So uh, growing up, uh, there was a kid... Uh, exact pretty much exactly the same age same height same everything as me and same name and he refused to go by anything other than joshua so i became jj and it's kind of stuck from there yeah (laughs) that's hilarious where'd you uh where'd you grow up uh so i was born and raised in in santa fe new mexico okay um you know in the mountains up there seven thousand feet uh it was a great place to be oh yeah for sure and do you know what's what's a little crazy about to me about New Mexico is uh when 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 most people think of New Mexico is just like like desert, you know, red sand, yeah. like just nothing around kind of thing, but yeah. I've seen some videos of uh of some spots to ride out there and it's it almost looks like Colorado. Like white rock, like rocky areas yeah. and and stuff like that and it looks pretty pretty amazing. Cool. Well, I mean, I mean, if you think about it, the mountains that we have you know, just outside Santa Fe, we're the bottom of the Rocky Mountains. Um, Santa yeah. Fe Crystal yeah. Mountains. And, and, and I don't know so, why. Yeah. You don't really think of that. No, you really you don't. You know, when you yeah. think of New Mexico. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously Colorado is a very gorgeous state and it's yeah. definitely, you know, well known for its massive mountains. and you Right. Know, and we definitely are not quite as well known for it because we don't have quite the same scenery. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit more like wilderness where it's just trees on trees and trees and trees and lower hills not necessarily towering mm-hmm. mountains so ah, yeah that's cool and then um when when you were when you were growing up um did you did you start uh, uh, most people don't start mountain biking you know from 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 yeah. youth um did you how did you get into like bikes um did you start BMXing did you just ride around the neighborhoods or or was it straight into mountain biking yeah so um, we actually have to start the story with my dad in the eighties. Um, okay. You know, he started riding and racing, um, you know, in the eighties and continued through the nineties. Uh, and then I was born in the mid nineties, 95. Um, and he kind of was, he was still riding at that point, but at, at some point he kind of took a break. But like throughout that, like, I think I, I first got on two wheels, like took off the training wheels or whatever. Uh, when I was, I think it was four years old, okay. um, or just almost five. I don't, I don't even remember, but obviously I don't remember, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I got on two wheels pretty early and from there, if we were riding, it was mostly as a family. So we didn't really like go straight into mountain right. biking, but him being a mountain biker, you know, in the past and like everything that he, you know, I, all the bikes I owned were mountain bikes, except for one I did want a BMX bike. So I had a BMX bike too, but all the bikes I owned were mountain bikes and there were trails, you know, kind of right outside my backyard that I could just go back and forth. So yeah, I guess I started out like mountain biking. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's a little different than most people because, 
um mountain biking like like what we what we know mountain biking started what was it like the 70s like late 70s early 80s yeah and my dad was kind of a part of that yeah whole thing like the whole beginning of mountain biking he actually grew up in orange county um oh really so okay he's a california kid ah yeah um moved out to new mexico to have a family but that's yeah. cool, man. I've I've seen some uh, some videos of of the uh, '80s mm. mountain biking, and yeah. one, uh, well, one back then um, in the '80s, it wasn't even like what what we think of a mountain bike no. now. It was almost like a ri- it was a rigid bike, yeah, skinny tires, like, and oh, people man. were just like sending it off of those well, things. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> shitty brakes. <laughs> right, exactly, and yeah, you know, like. Uh, I'm not like I don't I'm not like super well versed on the full history, but you know, um, working alongside John Carr, who is you know legendary bike uh, photographer, right? You know, he tells me all like everything that kind of happened over there, and and one of the things is like the clunkers. They were yes, they the were clunkers. beach cruisers with yeah. different handlebars and and like just things to make them more off road worthy, and so right. most a lot of these guys started riding by just sending beach cruisers down with with like <laughs> nothing more than a than a, a pedal brake just like sending it and some of those r- pictures are absolutely rad. yeah they're so cool there was a video going around i don't know if it was on facebook mm. um or instagram but there was a video of like kind of like the history of it and some some footage of of what they used to consider like downhill racing and yeah. these these guys were no helmet yeah. No. No. Any. No. Obviously, no gear, no. and they were just like, like sliding out on turns, crashing, and and, and they're not going slow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, uh, huge historical thing is is um, that mammoth. You got the kamikaze, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. That's like that started back then. <clears throat> like that's. <laughs> yeah. Like, people have been riding off that mountain, the top of that mountain, on that. And I, I was there first time this summer, and I was like this is it really this loose is it really this like like how are these guys going so fast yeah it's wild <laughs> like and back your, in the day does your dad still ride oh yeah yeah he does yeah he what just, does he think of like like i mean because starting that early on mm-hmm. in mountain biking he pretty much witnessed like from a non-existing mountain bike yep. to what we have now totally and and what, what what does he tell you about like like how it's all progressed and yeah, well, I mean, he's fully embraced it. Let's just say that he yeah. ha- he, he has an e bike, um, and uh, you know, I think he's getting my mom an e bike. Oh, nice. Possibly. Um, when is this coming out? Um, the, probably not next week. Next okay. Week. Okay. Yeah, yeah my mom. Uh, he, he's getting my mom an e bike for 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 her birthday, oh, which is Monday. Which is why. Oh, nice. I yeah, it won't come. It <laughs> won't come out before Monday. Yeah, so. okay. <laughs> well, congratulations. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he's definitely progressed along with the sport quite a bit. Like, you know, he, he was he was mostly, like, cross-country, did, like, long, and he still does, like, long rides. But, right. you know, he's a little bit older now, and, you know, he's not he's finding it a little bit harder to do those all-day kind of things. And, you know, with the development of the e-bike, like, he has uh, he has a giant e-bike from, like, a couple years ago. And it's, it's enabled him to do um, what he used to do, uh, you know, a little bit more easily, a little right. bit less stress on his body. So yeah, exactly. And that, that's you know, I, every time I log on to Facebook, it just seems to be more on Facebook than anywhere else. But you log on to Facebook, and just people just like they get so mad when e-bikes yeah. are riding and whatnot. Yeah. But it's like, like who cares? You know, yeah. like like 
the 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 big thing is is what you said like you know either professionals that have gotten injured and, mm. and can't really ride the way they used to but an e-bike helps them get out there and ride mm -hmm. or or as you get older you know when you get older you're, you're just not as able as you as you are when you're young and that helps you a lot yeah um you know so that's pretty cool that he's still getting out there and oh yeah and, and riding and stuff yeah oh and he doesn't only have the e-bike either so right. he's you know he's got <laughs> i think he's he's got more bikes than me i think oh really um, which you know <laughs> saying something but <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool uh yeah so um you know so going from from very young you started riding when yeah. when was it that uh that that you started um you know, going into like more technical stuff or was your dad the one that was training you? Um, I mean, and teaching you kind of the ropes or were you just kind of learning as you go? Uh, well, I mean, at, at, at first, like, you know, from when I was, when I was five or whatever to when I was like 10 or so, it was mostly just, uh, just an activity. It wasn't like, right. it wasn't like anything, like we weren't going to races. We weren't like looking into like anything. It was just like a, something for me to do. A kid who had a lot of energy to go to the park and just do laps until I die. Like that's, you know, that was kind of more <laughs> yeah. what it was. And there was no training. Um, in fact, I would say, uh, so my first passion, sport passion was soccer. And then I, um, and then I got ah. into disc golf and I was a junior state champion in disc golf for a couple of years. Oh, shit. And my dad, it, it, disc golf is actually a huge part of my past, but my dad actually built um, a disc golf course in Santa Fe, like right next to our house. He, um, he had a pro license. He was, he was throwing pro. Like he was, he was doing pretty well in, 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 you know, this, a statewide scene. And, uh, and, you know, we were, we were like kind of, known in new mexico at the time for no you know, shit yeah, we were, we, dude we i've seen travel. i've yeah. seen some videos of disc golf yeah and that shit is gnarly dude bro. it's like, fun um it's fun I, I swear i have i have a bum elbow because of it though oh from yeah. all the like all the flicking <laughs> yeah because like i would i would flick a disc um i'd go almost like 400 feet holy on shit. a drive so it's like you know you're just putting it all into it and i guess i, I don't know because every time i play now it's like my it's I don't know if it's stiff. called tennis elbow. I don't know what it's ah. called, but yeah, it, it, it locks up and, and gets painful every time I extend it. For those that don't know, disc golf <laughs> is basically light golf, yeah. but you're throwing a Frisbee into a, what, what a basket. Lo looks like a basket, yeah, but it's just chains, right? Uh, well, so yeah, I mean, it's a metal basket um, with a pole in the center, usually about right. uh, almost six feet tall. Right. Um, and they have like, you know, a dozen or so chains hanging down to catch in a loop, the frisbee and then the f disc goes inside and you know hopefully the chains arrest the disc yeah and then drop <laughs> it into the into the basket yeah, yeah but yeah. Uh, but it's not as it's not as simple as it sounds no <laughs> one you're throwing it very far but i've seen yeah. videos of people like where they throw it and the, yeah. the disc is maneuvering through yeah. like yep. through trees or like obstacles or whatever yep. it is. And <laughs> I, I've seen those things and I'm just like, holy yeah. shit, dude. No, like, that, that was my life for like like three or four years. Just that was all I did oh, <laughs> in my free fuck. time was disc golf. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the best. Honestly, I loved it. Yeah, I've always wanted to try it. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know if... Do they have any out here? Oh yeah, oh, I'm sure, sure they do. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I mean, I can even show you a map right, uh, an app right now where I, you know, I could find the nearest like 15 disc golf courses. And if I, so I, I obviously I live in Santa Clarita. So up there, there's for some reason up there there's nothing. But in the valley here, and over um, 
uh past like see me like yeah past see me like there's actually a couple around there and then Mm. there's a couple of places where they're just kind of chilling in various city parks or whatever right yeah my favorite type of disc golf course um which yeah they don't have as many around here are mountain courses where you're throwing you know across little uh little valleys and no shit it's so fun yeah oh man i'd want to try it it seems like fun like gather some friends and like try it out once just have some beers and have a good time you know and that's that's kind of that's kind of become the culture yeah it's just yeah i mean there's a couple of dudes i know that play in uh yeah play somewhere over there um every wednesday they'll just grab a pack of beers grab their discs and just uh rip it every wednesday yeah. and they've actually gotten really good doing really it. Yeah. just by going out there and yeah. doing it yeah yeah <laughs> well yeah I, I i've done it at the beach i've just thrown frisbees at the beach yeah and you learn to like how how you angle your wrist mm-hmm. and how you flick it mm-hmm. on the distance you can go and and you yep. know like yeah you can even like like to get a certain behavior you can actually as you're throwing the disc um move your thumb across the top to do a couple of weird things oh no shit <laughs> yeah man that is wild <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that's crazy yeah, yeah. I, I spent a long time on disc golf and i got pretty good but yeah um by the end i was like i was so done with it and was that all through high school so or no that was before high school before high yeah, school Yeah, all of this is before high school i think so how old was i uh i was probably like nine or 10 and mountain biking and disc golf overlapped a little bit. Like when I would say I became like a serious mountain biker overlaps a little bit, but I would think I was 12 or 13 when I stopped playing disc golf and went basically solely to mountain biking. Got it. Um, and that was, uh, that was in eighth grade when I started really racing mountain biking and, and like getting in shape and, and there's a big scene out there in New Mexico, like racing scene. Uh, Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think it's gotten bigger. It kind of fluctuates, but yeah, right. R- right now there's a pretty good scene, I guess. Um, I haven't been there in a couple of years. So. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. And then, um, you know, what what compared to the trails that you've seen out here and yeah. written, um, you know, what what are the tra- what's the terrain uh, kind of look like from what you would ride during those years? Uh, I mean, there's a lot. And of- then, and then also, sorry to cut you off, but also, uh, you know depending on the on the region that you're in or the area that you're in they also rate the trails differently yeah. so the black diamonds that <laughs> you might see in one area are not the same kind of black diamonds as you would see in another area so That's, you know yeah. with the terrain um w- what like how would that compare just so like people in this area would know yeah. like what what kind of stuff you were riding at that age yeah um that's the reason i always ride with a little bit of skepticism when i'm at a new place i'm like okay this says it's a black trail but it could be a freaking red yeah, yeah. or something some crazy <laughs> so you know you gotta, you gotta have a little bit of a little yeah. bit of um self-control but yeah uh so as far as comparability and like i'd say there's i mean california obviously has a massive uh variation in in it like does. terrain and like it's it's incredible. So I would say most of the riding in California, like that kind of deserty, loose over, hard, um, mm. like you know, sandy sometimes. Uh, I would say that's very similar to a lot of what's in New Mexico. Um, and then of course you go up to Big Bear and you've got some similar dirt as well. Right. A little bit more volcanic, but right. Kind of on that on that similar plane. Um, so you know, most of the stuff out here, I'm pretty comfortable. And then there's you know, you go to a, another place in, in New Mexico and I used to go to Arizona a lot 
you get a lot of like rollers like here in in, in uh see me at um rocky peak like all of this is like pretty familiar terrain it was it's a little bit more sandy i think mm-hmm. or i don't know it, it washes away so it easily. does it's it crazy does. But yeah, I mean, getting used to that was not a problem. It was the rating that kind of I wasn't sure about. And so for the first couple weeks, let's see, first couple months, I guess, of me riding out here, I was like just tiptoeing through everything because I'm like, I don't know what's on the other side of this. I don't know. Because <laughs> like out here in California, and I, it was funny, I was, ta- I was riding with somebody from Utah the other day, and he was saying the same thing, is like where I'm from, the trails more or less flow really well. So if you have like a certain amount of speed, like, I don't know, it, it's, it's really hard to, to describe, but it's like, you kind of know what's coming like right. down the trail, even if you haven't ridden it before, like it's uh, pretty easy to know what's coming. Okay. It, 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 the, it flows with the hill. Really, I don't know here. Uh, I have almost been taken out a bunch of times <laughs> because the trails don't flow yeah. as well. Like, like, or suddenly there's like, a rock section with like six, you know, square edges that you're like, oh, right, you know, right, like, right. So you gotta like, you gotta like, kind of ride on the edge of your seat yeah. a little bit. Um, and I thought that was really funny, but yeah, as far as like, like, I don't think the trails trail ratings too different. Okay. Comparatively, I think it's it's actually more section by section, really. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think like. The, the riding in New Mexico is just enough different and we don't have like certain types of things that I would say it's pretty true to, true to itself, especially right. on like trail forks or whatever, Got which it. is mostly what I use. Yeah. So what I'm imagining over there, it's just, um, you know, as soon as you start riding the trail, you yeah. can pretty much predict what kind of features or at least be ready for the features that are coming up. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's. I don't know. I, I can't really describe. They kind of just, they just flow really smoothly yeah. together and there's not really any surprises. Right. But that also could be because I've ridden there all my life, but I would say mm. the flow is a little bit different. Like, right. like a blue trail is a blue trail and it feels like a blue trail all the way down. And yeah. And I think here, some of the trails, um, there's sections that can be blue and some yeah. sections that are just black or double black, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, I, I would say any double black trail rated trail only has a couple of double black sections. Right. Same with like right. a black trail or whatever, like, like, and that's the right way for it to be for the right. most part. Well, unless it's like a continuous rock garden, then you can call it whatever. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's fun here. It's yeah. fun. It's just different. It is. It is. And then in, in New Mexico, when you were when you were riding, mm-hmm. um, it's it's fun. Uh, the, the times that I've ridden with you, mm-hmm. it's fun watching you ride. Oh, thanks. It's it's really cool because um, it's it's not just your typical ride your bike down the rock garden kind of oh. thing. Like you're you're very playful. You pop. You, you're poppy. You're jumping here and there, thanks. and 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 it's fun to watch. Oh, thank it's you. even <laughs> you know it's cool. That's why I mean I I like watching when you post those videos reviewing bikes or anything like that because you're just like like and I'm I'm always yeah. commenting like dude like <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> thanks man that um, means a lot. Did you did you always ride at least with the intentions of riding that way? Is that what you were inspired by? Um, did you have anyone that you were looking up to that you were like, damn, I want to ride like that guy. Cause I have plenty of people that I, yeah. I, I see and I'm like, like, dude, I want to ride like that. Yeah. Uh, 
starting so I'll, I'll say like I don't when I started writing I didn't really have plans I didn't have um I was <laughs> I wasn't really allowed to watch YouTube at the time like there wasn't really like like there were um some movies out but I didn't get those right I, I was just writing because um I was good at it and I was winning cross-country races that's that's how I started was racing mm-hmm. cross-country like that's how I really got the passion for it um, but the passion I had for it at the time, I liked the climbing part. Really? I was so scared of the descent, always so scared of the descent. Like, you know, there was a time where, you know, I, I was just like go, facing this one thing in a race and I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to <laughs> be here. I don't want to do this. I want to like, and then, so like you had to go down this to get to the climb and then the climb I was like, Oh, okay. We're better. Yeah. But it was like, I was such a wuss. <laughs> no shit. Kind of when I was, uh, you know, this was, I guess I was 12. I want to say 12. Um, 11 or 12 when I started. And um, up until I was 17, I hated the descents. No shit. I hated it. So I, that, at that point, I had gotten a BMX bike. And... Um, like started kind of messing around at the skate park that was down the street and that was kind of cool but I never really got the hang of it you know I did my first jump when I was five I did you know there's a lot of things that go into why I was scared Mm -hmm. um let me tell you that real quick I uh nearly broke both arms and had to get stitches in my chin which I still have the scar for um I see it um when I was seven seven Uh um and my dad was like, he's never gonna ride a bike again. I, and but I did. I got I got back <laughs> on the bike. Um, and a couple of months, I think it was a couple of months later, I was at like uh, we were at a uh, one of my one of my dad's friends was a uh, motorcycle trials uh, competition rider, and there's a Sipapu ski area in New Mexico hosts some of those events okay and so i was there and i was riding down um a pretty steep fire road i actually went back a couple years ago i was like oh wow it's a lot steeper than i thought it was (laughs) but it's a steep pretty steep fire road and um i just decided not to use the brakes for some reason again like seven seven or eight years old um just bombing down and like just balled it up just oh my god I i got flown down the hill my ankles all bloody thankfully i didn't get hurt too bad that time but you know um yeah so that's why i was scared of going downhill as a as a kid i feel like a lot of people say like all kids are fearless so when you when you start riding so young but i think i think it's not that they're fearless i think that it's more of like naive like being naive like you don't understand that you could fall that hard yeah and you think your tires are just glued to the ground so you just kind of let it go (laughs) yeah i mean some some of them get lucky and just get past things and that's how they just progress but yeah (laughs) you know or you learn from your mistakes you know one or the other but yeah but that brought fear of like the downhill oh yeah well and and i've always been the type of kid that kind of erred on the side of caution in a certain sense. Uh. I mean, I can remember times when I was a little kid at, on my scooter at the skate park, sending it as far as I could on my scooter before I knew what jumping was. Right. Like, I can remember doing that, but like, for the most part, I remember, you know, I, I've been a little bit more cautious when like tossing myself off because I think I've always kind of had an understanding of what could happen. Right. And, you know, that's probably why I'm not like a professional racer today is because I kind of have that voice in the back of my head. Like, nah, 
you shouldn't do that and that can actually lock me up but, right um yeah and that was like kind of the thing like so i went from you know i i don't remember i was like 17 or 18 i got on the oh i got my first dirt jumper or something like that and i was like all right i'm gonna learn how to jump and then a pump track was made um like pretty close to my house and this is close for a cross-country racers right. perspective so it was like four and a half miles away oh i guess that's not that far but <laughs> um i would race i would like so i okay one thing to know about me I, I was homeschooled since i was um in second grade or first grade ah. so i never went to school so my entire life was me waking up at seven o'clock or maybe a little later sometimes and having all of my schoolwork done by 11 o'clock and then I would do whatever I wanted afterwards. No we shit. Had, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was great. Um, that sounds and that, fun. Yeah. And that was <laughs> all the way through high school. I did go to community college during high school. But, like, for the most part, like, I, all the way through high school, I was homeschooled. And so that enabled me to basically be on the bike from whenever I stopped, um, you know, schoolwork. Or oh, whenever my mom was like, okay, that's enough, to dinner time essentially. Wow. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, I'm not going to say every day, but most days were spent like that when I was a kid. And, um, that's all I wanted to do was ride my bike. And I I didn't have any friends that rode with me really. Um, like there were people that would come and go, but like, I didn't really have like a solid crew around me. It was just me and my bike and practicing wheelies and, uh, you know, hopping on like doing trial stuff. Right. You know, I, like it was just me on my bike and when it you know cross country racing i rode to the cross country trails did like a 12 or 13 mile route route and then came back um but like at one point there was a um pump track uh built like i said 4 miles away from me and that was kind of the turning point of my mindset um on downhill um because at at one point i was kind of tired of racing uh, cross country bikes. Cause I didn't want to put in the training. <laughs> right. I just wanted to ride my bike. Um, <laughs> and you know, I, I decided to not race anymore and kind of took a couple years off of like, like serious riding. And I was like, eh, might as well just get better at my downhill. So right. I went, I went and rode that pump track like e- almost every day, right. like on my way to the trails or, you know, just every day I would just session that thing and i mean that would do way more than that too but like that was like one of my main stops pump tracks are 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 tough dude yeah (laughs) i every time i hit a pump track i mean obviously i'm using my enduro bike yeah um when i when i do do it but even if i've taken i've taken a friend's dirt jumper yeah and and just all the motion of your arms and legs pumping and going through and keeping that speed is yep it's it's draining well, that's, I think that's how I'm going to try to rehab my shoulder a little uh, bit is just like do a bunch of pump track. Days. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's, 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 uh, it's a good workout, but yeah. I think it allows you to, um, uh, I, I could be wrong, but for what I, whenever I get on the pump track, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, it allows you to understand control, mm-hmm. um, and, and just the movement of the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're doing a, a, you know, one of those berms on the, on the pump track oh, yeah. or even pumping through it, yep. it, 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 you can, tra- you can translate that to the trail yeah. oh, whenever yeah. you're, um, you know, you're going through a downhill and you can just pump through those sections that you can't pedal for a pedal strike or, right. or whatnot. So Yo, yeah. it's good training. I mean, I, I've always said, um, and you know, I used to coach a little bit 
But I've always said that um, one of the most or the most important thing you can do and learn on a bike is pumping, right? Yeah. Because it'll help you through everything, <clears throat> you know? And like, but not only like, and that's not the only reason like pump tracks are good though. Like, you know, learning how to pump is nice, but it also like puts you in a position where if you want to go fast, you have to pump. And if you want to pump really well, you have to have good technique. If right. you want to carry your speed, if you want to do this, that, the other thing, if you want to jump, if you want a manual, like, like a pump track will teach you everything. And that's what it did for me. Yeah. It taught me everything. Ah. And like, you know, I was going to the skate park a lot at this time too. I was starting to learn little tricks. Like I was never really, I never really wanted to learn like the big tricks. All I ever wanted was like a toboggan X up. Um, right. I could do one eighties long before I could do three sixties. Oh shit. And it's just like, I've always learned at like a fairly slow rate of speed. Um, but you know, those years of me just riding almost every single day around town, just, you know, not, not a care in the world, just going out, um, <laughs> really molded me into the writer I am today. And then, um, you know, I didn't start like focusing more on gravity until I was 21. So this was six years ago. Okay. Um, I met my then best friend, Ulysses Yarbrough. Oh, and uh, shout out to the guy who actually built, designed and built uh, that pump track, um, Henry Landman. Uh, he's he's a huge um, part of the New Mexico scene, uh, specific, specifically the free ride scene. Right. And he's just a really cool dude. But uh, yeah. Um, shout out to him um but yeah so ulysses yarbrough he's my uh he was my buddy um we actually met in film class um at the at the college santa fe community college i was going to and uh he was like i mountain bike do you mountain bike i was like yeah i mountain bike <laughs> and, and right this away was like, this is like after the first project where we both did a project about mountain biking i think oh we no shit like, we were just like we're just like <laughs> Do we just become best friends? <laughs> yeah, and it, and it turned out he actually followed me on Instagram. I guess I fo- I think I followed him too. And we were like, oh, that, that's who you are. Oh no shit. <laughs> and we're like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Let's go ride. And so I had I had a 2012. Um, well, this was like 2016 or 17. I had a 2012 uh, Niner Jet Nine. Okay. Cross country bike. Yeah. Uh, aluminum. And he had a transition patrol, uh, 2017. And so I was ramping behind him or trying to keep up with him on a big bike. And, and this is when, this is in Glorietta. Um, there's a couple of ones I'm thinking about that were just like gnarly that I was like, okay, I need to size up. I need to, I need to get like a bike that's good for, for more descending. Right. And so we were at Glorietta and there's like a, this gnarly drop called this, the plus cheese drop. It's, uh, it's part of the BME um, almost every year. And, um, it's one of the, it's like a, a huge heckle zone and it's probably like a four and a half. It's, it's probably bigger now actually, but it was like a four and a half foot drop with a really, really awkward run up. Um, it had two lines to get into it. But it was a really awkward run up and, you know, guys on enduro bikes were like, nah, I don't want to do this. Like, like walking down the other side. And I was like, ah, I'll give it a try <laughs> on my little cross country bike. Um, like, you know, reach all the way out, like, ah, and, you know, I got into it, dropped off, managed to avoid the rocks and came out of it and was like, yeah, 
<laughs> but that was that was the point where I was like, you know what? I think I'm done cross country racing. I don't yeah. need this bike anymore. I need something bigger. Yeah. <laughs> and so I uh, I did one more race on it, one more cross country race on it. Uh, one, and I was like, all right, that's a good way to retire it. And I <laughs> sold it to a guy the next day, or well, maybe it was a couple days later. But what it was year like, was that? Uh, I think 2017 or 20. Let's see, how old was I? It was, I think I was 21 when I got. Mm-hmm. So, what is it? 20, 20. <laughs> yeah, that was like 20, so six years ago. Yeah, six years ago. Got it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> horrible math. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to piece uh, piece things together from the past. Um, but when you sold that mm-hmm. and you wanted a big bike, mm-hmm. um, did you know much about big bikes? Yeah, or were well, you just like, I just want bigger. I don't know what I want. And yeah. I'm just <laughs> so I've, I'd always, like being that I had been a cross-country kid in, um, you know, pri- like primarily, didn't mean like I wasn't drooling all of, over all of these, uh, you got know, it. like bigger bikes. And, right. Um, you know, I, I can't remember. Well, I guess it was the giant rain, um, like one of the more original reins mm-hmm. it's long travel i was like i want this bike i want this bike but um i don't know why i didn't look into those but uh one of the guys who owns well <laughs> this kind of comes full circle actually so mike chapman who owns the broken spoke in okay. santa fe yeah. he uh had a 2019 yeah so wait what i don't remember <laughs> Anyways, it was it was a some year. It must have been a 2017 Slayer or okay. something like that. 2018 yeah. Slayer, uh, Rocky Mountain Slayer, and like I knew I wanted a bike similar to what uh, what Ulysses had. Yeah, and so I was like, all right, a Slayer is like a little bit more aggressive, but kind of along the same lines. Right, and I was right. Like, all right, and he gave me a really good deal on it, and so I started riding that Slayer, and just that's when I started going to. Uh, Angel Fire a lot. I started, you know, just doing a whole bunch of more like enduro style stuff. And I raced in Arizona. I like, I just did a whole bunch of stuff and like, like felt pretty good, did pretty well. It was like, you know, all of those skills that I'd been practicing, you know, just because they were fun when I was, you know, coming up through the cross country ranks, finally getting my mindset into that downhill and enduro stuff where I could actually send it and feel okay about it. Right. That, that bike, kind of like brought it to a point where I was very comfortable. Yeah. And so that I, w- I would say that was my first modern bike and that was my first bike where I really kind of began to blossom in my downhill and enduro uh, speed. So that fear that you used to have of, uh, of the descent just kind of went away. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I was still scared. Um, a lot of times I was still scared, but like it was the experience that kind of put me at ease when I was in a precarious situation. Right. I was still scared. I, I'll get to the top of a downhill today. I'm like, all right. No shit. You know, if I know, if I know I'm going to like, well, I have to be going a certain speed. So last time I did suicide, that was kind of one of those for me. I was at the top. I'm like, all right, here we go took a deep breath and just sent it and then my arms almost cramped up and i had to stop in the middle but you know it's like i still get scared on certain trails because 
the reality is this could happen. Like a crash could happen any day, anytime. It doesn't matter what speed I'm going. Like, and I have to like kind of, or what level of rider, you know, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah um, it's not picky. It's not. Who it takes out. One little mistake. Yeah. Um, you know, and that trail, I mean. And it doesn't even have to be your mistake. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. That that trail, I mean, we're four for four in bringing up that trail um, on the podcast. On all four episodes, yeah. that trail has come up. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> what, what's fun about it is that, you know, a lot of trails you can go fast, but that one you can go really fast. Exactly. And it's chunky. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. So you combine all of that, and and at those speeds, you can get you can get hurt. Yeah. You know. It's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that's that is the reality. But like it, I, I it, it took me like kind of learning how to <clears throat> overcome my fear. And now there's a certain level of confidence where yes, I'm not afraid. Yeah. Of just going down the trail, most of the time. Sometimes I, sometimes, like I said, sometimes I still am. Like at the top of Grudge, there's always that little Twitter like, ooh, this could be the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but I like, I, uh, yeah. So I guess but I that kind of goes away when, once you start writing. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once I that, get in a, once I get in a rhythm, I'm yeah, fine. I'm exactly. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. That, that happens to me yeah. all the time too. I get to the top and I'm like, all right, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Now it's at the bottom that I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take a deep breath. <laughs> all right. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. And, um, so you know, all those years of riding, um, you know, out there in New Mexico, what, uh, what and how, um, but right now you, you work for, um, mountain bike action, mountain bike action magazine. magazine. Yep. <clears throat> what do you do there? Uh, I'm the assistant editor. Okay. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm a journalist, so I, I write, uh, I ask questions, I take pictures, um, I present on YouTube. I I do just about everything, um, like to an extent. And then there's the actual editor Ron, who kind of does everything else. He's my boss and right. the one I go to whenever you know. But um, yeah, uh, I've only been doing it for it's almost nine months, I think. Yeah. Wow. And you started that job out in New Mexico, or was that out here? Mm-mm. Yeah, uh, crazy, like, it's kind of a weird story how I got yes, this job. Uh, yeah, uh, that's what I was going to go into. <laughs> yeah, so, so you know, uh, growing up, I actually, we would get Mountain Bike Action Magazine. Yeah. And uh, I was a huge fan. Um, you know, I would read every every issue every month um, over and over again. And so it was, like, my first ever introduction to mountain bike media in a sense because i didn't really i didn't like i said i didn't watch anything i didn't see any of the new world disorders or anything when right. they came out until later when youtube kind of became a th- more of a thing um or in my life anyway um but yeah i mean uh sorry gotta think what was what was it again the, how you how you got landed the job yeah, at uh right, at right. mountain bike action right um if you can't tell my short-term memory is very bad um yeah so uh i always loved the magazine um we hadn't i don't think we'd gotten it for like a year or so um but i rode with a friend who um my friend paul in albuquerque um and he was like uh John Carr, who is, you know, the legendary photographer, Hall of Fame mountain bike 
guy. Uh, he's like, I'm, I talk to talk to John Carr all the time. I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty sick. He's like, yeah. And they're looking they're looking to hire right now. I was like, oh, cool. Well, that'd be cool. Like, are you thinking about applying? He's like, no, but I think you should. And I was like, I should. Why, <laughs> why do you think I should? He's like, I think you'd be so good at it. I was like, I don't know. I mean, if you want to, if you, yeah, sure, I guess. And this was just a ride and we decided to take some pictures and he took the pictures of me riding and, um, and then like, I, I thought he was going to send me the email address to like contact them, but he, he did send it to me, but he contacted them himself as well, sent them a few pictures of mine and my Instagram, YouTube, um, TikTok, all that stuff. And I got a call. <laughs> Actually, did I get an email or a call? I got a, I think I got a call from John first. And I was like, "Oh, like this is actually a thing. This <laughs> this might go through." And he's he said he's going to No, I think he emailed me first. The call the calls were later. But anyway, he emailed me and he said that he was going to forward my information to Ron, the editor. I was like, "Oh, I haven't even said anything yet." Uh. <laughs> um and then, you know, Ron gets it. He um he sets up an interview with me and then John calls me and like, we start just thought this, all this starts talking. And at this point, you know, I'm working at a bike shop. I had just gotten a raise. I was doing well. I was, um, I was, I was really enjoying my job. Right. And, um, you know, if I, if I ever get fired for, for any reason on this, like I would be happy to go back to my job over there. That was right, super right. fun. But, um, this was at the same shop that I got that first full enduro mountain bike, mm. Mike Chapman. Yeah. Broken spoke. Broken spoke. Yeah. yeah so, um, yeah, like he, I, so I, I was in Northern New Mexico. I was in Farmington, um, skiing with a friend and I had my first interview in my friend's backyard and, you know, we were talking about everything that, you know, what it would take, like what, you know, and I was like, all right, well. I can do this, that, or the other thing. And like, I had to write them a sample. I had to, you know, there's a few things I had to do and it was like crazy. And then that, after that trip, my van broke down. Um, and I guess most of you probably don't know me. I live in my van. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had, this is this, not this van broke down, but the previous van broke down. Right. And I was pretty much, I was like living out of my parents' house again. I was like, sorry. Um, and then, yeah, like the other interviews went through and then I got the job. And then they were like, "All right, when can you be out here?" And I was like, I was like, "Okay, what can we like can we push it back? I want to like I don't want to leave my employer high and dry." He was like, he's like, "All right, we need you now." And Damn. unfortunately, I can't um I can't have you be in New Mexico to start it. You have to come to California." I was like, "Oh. All right. Well, cool let's buy a new van and drive and move to california within a month oh shit (laughs) so that's what i did from the first interview front to stepping uh for the first time in california i think was about five weeks wow (laughs) and that's a i mean that was and that was all of it took me by surprise yeah none of it was i wasn't searching for a job right right. you know i was like happy to apply but it was like there's no way i'm gonna get this job yeah you just threw the application in there like just (laughs) ah fuck it i'll do it you know yeah so yeah that's that's crazy though because like you said it's just (laughs) you know within five weeks you went from 
you know, your life in New Mexico at the at the broken spoke to moving out, getting a new van and coming to California. Yeah. Yeah, and I actually had to go to go to Denver, Colorado <laughs> to pick up the new van. So I had to do that as well. Oh, and then shit. like all of the like I had a storage unit and I had to like empty that out. I had like I had so much to do and so I was working and yeah, I I told I told my employer, I told <laughs> Mike that um I was like, "Hey, this opportunity came up." And he was like, that's sick yeah that's awesome i'm happy for yeah. you and i was like oh you took this a lot better than i was yeah. thinking you might and I was like, all right all right cool. it's this cool is- though because at this job it seems like you're putting all of your skills to work <laughs> um you said you took film class yeah. um you know obviously you you get to learn a little bit about photography yeah. your journalism writing editing yeah. like all that stuff you're putting everything on to like yeah into the mix and yeah. plus your writing skills um, what? And your writing skills. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that helps too. <laughs> yeah, so you, you, you ride mountain bikes, you know how to do that. Yeah. So all of that all put yeah. together just no. makes you a perfect fit. I mean, like, when I think about everything I've done in my life up to this point, um, it's basically led me to this job. Um, I was an actor for 12 years. Um, I did, you know, plays, musicals, whatever, for 12 years. So I got that confidence and uh, comfortability up on stage in front of people. Um, I took, I majored in photography and, uh, digital design and film in college. I didn't graduate, but that, that's another story. I mean, you could still yeah. learn from that. But like, regardless. that's the thing is like, I took photography for like four years in high, in college and high school. And, um, you know, I've been doing that for a long time. Um, the only thing I wasn't like fully prepared for was the writing part of it and because i never really you know i i've i've always been a decent writer i'm not gonna say i would i'm like a bad writer or anything um like but it wasn't something that i was ever like interested in doing for Mm. like a living yeah um you know so it was like that was the one thing that like kind of played in my mind like as a bit of doubt like okay i don't know am i a good narrator it can i like make a narrative in a certain sense can i write technically can i write you know and uh i'll be honest technology of today makes that question not a question right (laughs) because like grammarly is going to tell me when a sentence doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. or is too long or is this that or the other thing and it's like you know i still need to know the rules of you know everything but like for the most part, like that was really a non-issue because I can get that narrative out and I can tell a story. It was just, I just needed to do it. So, and you know, script writing, playwriting, like that didn't hurt, but it is just like never something that I wanted to explore. Right. I wanted to be a YouTuber, like, and I, st- I mean, it's still, yeah, would it's, be fun. You can, and you can still do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, just need to get off my ass the fun (laughs) the fun thing the fun thing the fun thing about your job is that you get to i mean you get to test stuff too you know that's the fun part you get different bikes you get different parts you get different you know just a bunch of shit that that they're like here play with this and let us know what you think (laughs) you know like (laughs) yeah uh yeah talk about the perks of the job man um i get to ride my bike for a living i get to take photos for a living i get to ride other people's bikes for a living um and i get to see places that i never would have before and 
like you know it's just getting started like i'm working on getting my passport right now which is such a long process oh yeah um but yeah got a couple of international trips possibly planned later this year oh, um, like you know just a bunch of stuff going on it's it, it, it can be high stress in those situations because there is a lot expected of you in those situations right. and you got to get everything right. right which i'm still kind of learning how to do all that but you know at the end of the day it's like this is my dream job yeah this is incredible and you know yeah i get to ride a different bike every month which at first i thought was gonna be really hard excuse me but um it turns out to be like once you understand your settings and where a bike is and Mm -hmm. what it's supposed to do Mm -hmm. it's so much easier to set it up for yourself um so like like with everything practice makes perfect right setting up bikes you know new bikes every every month is it's getting a lot easier Yeah. yeah so um yeah i mean i still like having my own bike um primarily a dirt jumper right that i can just throw around and you know feel fine yeah um and like you know i think i'll always have my own dirt jumper but it's coming to the point where i'm like do i want to just sell my other bike and just ride what whatever is here yeah and if something <laughs> pops out at me that i like really really wanna, want jump to jump on own, i'll just grab it yeah. yeah so i mean that's a that's a good yeah. plan i mean <laughs> it's cool i and you know yeah. bikes Different bikes. I mean, to, to anybody who who rides now, if you uh-huh. throw a different bike every month, they'll probably freak out. But like Dude. you said, you you set up those settings. Um, you know, the yeah. bike might feel and play like be, you can play with it differently, but it's still gonna perform. Yeah, you know, that's what well, they're meant for. Yeah, and I mean, you know, at at a, at a, at some point, it becomes like uh, you know, I'm a connoisseur. Like I can kind of tell the difference between each little tiny thing. You know the more bikes I ride, the more I find that. And it's, it's, it's interesting because like every bike does ride just a little bit differently, but mm-hmm. not everybody's perceptive enough to feel it. And, and right. until, until recently I would say I probably wasn't, but you know. And is that hard? Is, is that like, I, I mean, it's, it's one thing to just ride different bikes and be like, Oh, this feels like cool. Mm-hmm. This feels good or whatever. But it's another thing for, for you to like, for you to get a new bike mm-hmm. and expect somebody to be like, like give you a, a a real like a real some real feedback some real precise like details um like some of the youtubers that review bikes and they give you specific details on mm-hmm. you know how it climbs how how it jumps mm-hmm. you know how it how it's on des- descents and mm-hmm. technical um you know rock gardens or whatever like we don't think about that stuff cuz we just go out there and ride yeah. um but for a, as a job like is do you find that like maybe in the beginning difficult or yeah. was it pretty natural that, that you just like paid attention to those things? Cause sometimes we just go yeah. out there to have fun yeah. and you forget about that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at a certain point, like you almost have to tune out that side of yourself and just like let yourself be comfortable before you can tell what's different about a bike. Mm. But, um, like I pretty much can tell you how a bike feels like and how it's going to feel if I set it up a certain way after the first ride. Oh, no shit. Like, you know, it's, I, yeah, it was hard at first. And what's really hard is putting it into words. Like, actually putting yeah. it into words is like, that was the biggest thing for me. It was like, okay, I know what I feel. I know how I, like, how I perceive this bike. Right. But how do I, like, tell you how I perceive this bike? Right. Like, um, you know, was it a super easy 
bike to pop off the ground. Yeah. You know, how do I put that into words? Like <laughs> that was hard for me at first. I was like, I don't know. I don't have the describing words to, right. but yeah, I mean, it's gotten easier and you know, I look back, you know, I've only been doing this a few months, like I said, but I look back at a couple of my older, um, like my first bike review. Um, and I read it and I, again, and I'm like, I mean, I was okay then, but I've improved so much yeah, already. And yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah, I need to, I need to like remind myself to look at that and like think that like that more because I do get discouraged. I'm like, man, I feel like I just, I'm just repeating the same thing. Like this bike is sick, but like, I don't know. Right. And then like, I, I, I like think back, I'm like, all right, I do know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And bikes nowadays, a lot of them are just so similar that they do ride very similarly to right, each other. Right. So it's like, I, I do feel like I'm repeating myself but again. This bike does that. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's hard, but it's, it's definitely not. I think the hardest thing I've found that I have to do is, uh, I do a lot of, um, like research on things that are not there. And, and it's kind of hard to talk to people sometimes where it's like, you want, want certain amount of certain type of information and you try to get it. And the person's like not quite answering you the way you were thinking they were. And it's like, okay, how do I, how do I get better at like corresponding and like doing research and like reaching out to people and like, yeah, it's the, it's the, it's the stuff that people don't see, you know? Yeah. Um, because I mean, I'm sure everybody that sees your Instagram and and knows about your job, they're like this guy, you know, he has the dream job out there riding all the time, but there's, there's a lot that goes into it on the back end that we don't see. And, uh, yeah, you know that can make it a little stressful. Um, out of those uh, those nine months you've been there, yeah. So it's nine bikes. That you've oh, I've re- ridden more than that. Oh, more. But yeah, um, out of the ones that you've reviewed or 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 you know um, gotten to test, mm-hmm. which one's your favorite so far? Uh, uh, I guess I won't go by category. Um. Yeah, no category. Just yeah. all around. It's between two bikes, to be fair. And a third one's being added to the list. But it's different. Ah, man. There's two that, like, <laughs> fully stick out at me. That I've, that it, like, these are, like, two of the more, more recent ones that I've ridden. Um, and they're both, like, pretty small uh, U.S. companies. Um, both actually out of Colorado. Um, so... Uh-huh. And I like them for different different reasons, um, but Revel, uh, the Revel Rail. Um, in fact, I think the only bike I've ridden in right. your presence is that bike. Yeah, the um, red one, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the Revel Rail Twenty Nine. That thing is just butter. It's so much, but then you can just pop it like nothing, yeah. and it's so much fun. And then um, the Reeb SST. Um, that thing got released in in November and. We were fortunate enough to get one of their tests, right. um, their media bikes, and oh my gosh, I've ridden that thing all over the place, um, including Sedona and New Mexico, and oh my gosh, that thing is amazing. No shit. It's like, yeah. Is that, the, is that the bike that you were riding when I, the, that I reposted today with the question? Because uh, that was Sedona, no. wasn't it? Or, or? No. Uh, so I rode the Revel rail, ah. and so that was the rail. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, the, the Reeb was, uh, it's actually a steel full suspension. Ah. It's only got 120 millimeters of rear travel, 140 front. Oh, shit. So it's a trail bike, right? Yeah. It's not like a full sender, um, right. which, you know, 
is almost more fun to me in some ways because like it helps certain trails be more exciting. Right. I took that thing down in suicide <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was gnarly. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, but I still got my best time on suicide on it. Really? I did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was funny. Um, that's weird. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, you know, I don't know how true this is, but the that guy uh, um, I heard, I think it was Liam from Worldwide Cyclery. Um, I heard. I don't know how true it is. I don't know if, and I don't know if it's changed. I could, I can, I, I can clarify this later. I'll look it up. But I heard that he had uh, the KOM at suicide on a hundred millimeter um, bike travel bike just bombing down that trail um i don't know how true that is uh, and that sounds very intense on a 100 millimeter yeah but i think i rode with him like we were just in the same area Uh, well it happened to be suicide uh, um and he was he was riding one of the crest lines okay the new crest line bikes and yeah uh, I would not be surprised. He's a he's a shredder. He yeah. is a shredder. Just the, by the glimpse that I saw him, yeah, he's a shredder. Yeah. I don't know. It's dude. Some of these people who ride bikes just don't give a care at all, right? <laughs> and just will send anything down anything. I like I said, I've I've always had a little bit more self preservation, and so I don't. Do I that relate as much. to that a lot. <laughs> I I always yeah. tell people um that I'm I'm. Yeah, I'm very cautious. Yeah. Um. I, I, sometimes I'll hit, see a feature and I'll be like, I can do it, mm-hmm. but I'm like, eh, I'll wait a little bit. Yeah. You know, before I actually send it. You know, no, especially and, um, when you're starting out, that's super important. Yeah. Yeah, I've only been doing uh, this for two years, so or yeah. going on three years this year, but it's it's still early on, and yeah. I and I want it to last. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get really thing. hurt. <laughs> you want to last. You want the whole thing to last. You don't want to get exactly. burned out. But you still want to send it. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah, and with your uh you, you broke your collarbone. Yeah. Um you also injured something else, didn't you? Uh, I broke my thumb. Thumb. Which is healed? I mean, Not it yet. hurts, but it's fine. Okay. It's, I can move it. I can't put any pressure on it, but Right. What's um, uh what when I do you my wrist as well. Mm, yeah. When do you expect to be back on the bike? So, it's 3 Let's see what time is it. It's basically been 3 <laughs> weeks to the hour since I did it. You're timing the hour, minutes, and everything. Not even, yeah, not even kidding. (laughs) I, I think the the time of of the break was um four uh four fifty two or something like that. Ah, yeah. So we're eight. We're about twenty minutes close to twenty twenty minutes into into your injury three weeks ago. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um. So he was saying, uh, probably like, see, it's three weeks. He was saying like five or six weeks and then three months to fully healed. Got so, it. Um, I already can move pretty well. Um, it twinges a bit sometimes, but um, yeah, not enough to ride. Oh, yeah. no, no. No, I mean, I, I went to the gym the other day just to like ride their stationary because I was starting to feel like yeah i need i needed to move <laughs> right so i went to the and and i should have brought my sling inside um because All after f- after 45 minutes i couldn't like my arm was just on fire and i was just like oh it's so horrible <laughs> but yeah i can't put any pressure on it, it sucks <laughs> yeah i'm sure you miss riding the bike man it's Dude, injuries suck that's that's the biggest that's the biggest thing is like 
I miss, I miss just the writing. I miss the people. I miss a lot of things, but I just uh. miss writing, man. That's, that's what I've been doing since I was 12 years old. Like, I don't know how to do anything else. Is this your biggest injury or? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm. Or at least that's taking you out the yeah. longest. No, no. My, um, I had, uh, broke my patella, my left knee, mm. um, in 29, 20, yeah, it was early 2020. It's actually the same week that, uh, COVID kind of kicked off. Mm. Um, I was there like, like a week before COVID like fully hit Ooh. and I broke my patella, um, which is my kneecap. And that took me out for like, like 13 or 14 weeks. Wow. That's yeah. a long time. I was, yeah. I was in a straight brace for wow. eight weeks. <laughs> I was in a straight brace for eight weeks and then it took me, um, like four more weeks to like oh, actually fuck. fully bend my, my knee back. And then, you know, another few weeks after that, uh, before Just... I could like put any sort of, you know, like riding pressure on it. Cause it's just hurt, man. Yeah. Um, and like I'd lost all my muscle at that point. Were you wearing knee pads? <laughs> the one day I didn't. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, usually I would, I was at the skate park. Um, but I was only going to be there for like a few minutes. Right. Classic. Um, and I was like, I had jeans on. I was like, I don't want to put my freaking knee pads on. Yeah. It's, it's so annoying. So I didn't. And then, yeah, I did something I've done like a million times. I hopped on a ledge into a manual, but it was like kind of a skinnier ledge. And uh, I put my front wheel down and it went off the side. Um, but that side was a bank. So it, it took my bike out from under me. Oh, wow. So like it like fully moved my wheel like to the side. Straight just into yank, your knee. Straight into my knee and chin. Oof. Yeah not a good time yeah that 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 hurts just listening to it yeah <laughs> yeah again it was like it was like one of those things that hurt a lot but it didn't hurt as much as i expected you right know? it was like it was just like having a there was like pressure a lot of pressure with some pain yeah it felt like a cantaloupe within my knee yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and uh well we're we're i'm trying to keep them about an hour yeah um, we're about an hour and six minutes in. Okay. Last thing. Um, yeah. I know a lot of the guys that ride with us. Um, a lot of the guys are really good at like, you know, chunk and, and features and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, not many are your style of like playfulness and poppy and, and, you know, tossing the bike around. And yeah. I feel like that, um, you know, comes with almost becoming second nature or like yeah. you, the bike just kind of becoming, one with you uh, it sounds weird yeah. but like you, it's almost like a, an extra limb kind of thing yeah. um just from writing so much but for those guys that do want to want to start getting a little more style yeah. a little more steez into their writing what would you say is like one th- i know there could be many things but one thing that a writer can do mm-hmm. to start the process and, and getting that confidence of tossing the bike or turning the, the bars or, yeah. you know, getting poppy. Would it be, you know, making your settings stiffer? Would it be, mm. you know, pump track? Would it be, um, you know, what, what do you think would, would help that one thing? That one thing. And that's the thing is like, there's so many things there that is. go into <laughs> it. Um, you know, my style is, I, I would say I'm a, uh, jack of all trades, master of none, because I'm not really a specialist at anything. Right. But, like as far as being more playful um you know my time at the skate park definitely helped um my time at the pump track definitely helped 
So, you know, at that point, it's kind of just repetitive, 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 repetitive. Like, do the same thing over and over and over again. That's how I learned to manual. That's how I learned to 360. That's how, you know, just just trying over and over again. But, like, yeah, so I guess persistence, but, like, to actually be comfortable, um, I don't think you can really learn, you know, style. Like, my style is something I've formed over, like, the 15 years I've been riding. Mm-hmm. But, like, being more comfortable tossing stuff, um, man, it's hard not to say just repetitive. Um, <laughs> but you go, you really, like, like learn how to pump. Okay, there you go. Learn pump how track. to pump. Because the reason I say that is because the better, the more you learn how to pump, the, the more comfortable you will be with pushing into the ground and pulling up and pushing over and timing, right? So timing. you're finding your timing and everything. Yes. And so, you know, you can basically equate a pump bump, you know, just a roller to a jump. Just, you know, take the middle out of the roller. Or even a rock that you pop off of. Yeah, yeah. Know? Just take the middle out of the roller. It's a jump. And just look at these jumps. These jumps are just massive rollers with the middles out of yeah. them. No big deal. I can, like... You can kind of feel it, the plane going through your, as you're in the jump. And, you know, if you push into it, like, well enough, you can actually just, like, kind of get that weightlessness. And then that's where you can, like, really push the bike around you, right? Right. So, yeah, if you want to learn how to do style, learn how to pump. Learn how to push your bike into things and kind of come up and just and get, that, get that waist, uh, that weightlessness. Yeah. And you know, it can be as long or short as you need. That's how these guys are able to do these crazy tricks. Yeah. Like that's how I can do suicide. No handers, tuck, no handers, right. you know, toboggans like that. That kind of stuff is like, you have to learn how to pump and push into the lip so you can have the, the, the awareness in the air oh. and the comfortability in the air to do that and like none of that is muscling the bike around right right don't muscle the bike around right don't force it because that's Just that's how you're gonna float that's how you're gonna end up with a broken collarbone <laughs> or you know whatever yeah yeah and it's weird because i the, the times that i've gone to the pump track on this bike yeah it, it like if you if you don't have that timing right yeah. it just feels horrible yeah it's so tiring and so bad but there's been that one or two times where i just time it perfectly and it feels like like you said like i just float like i'm just whoop and i'm like whoa like and then i'll keep going and then it'll just kind of go off and i'm my timing goes bad again yeah and you're just like whoa like that was cool you know like but if you continue doing that and you get that timing right continuously i can see how you can become more playful with the with the bike i equate it very much to dancing i love dancing i've always well, not always, I guess, but I've, for as long as I can remember in my adult life, have been just loving to dance. Right. And so, like, I like to try to dance, find the rhythm, find the beat of the trail, and ah, get it going. That's good. You know, where you can actually, like, kind of time your pops with, like, a certain, right. you know, uh, like a like, rhythm or yeah, something. Yeah, it's so fun. And I mean, that's like, if you watch Supercross or something, like, go ride a pump track, try to, like, double or manual apart like full speed and then go watch supercross where they're doing that on what like 250 pound dirt bikes <laughs> um for 20 minutes like yeah. holy crap yeah. like and that's but that's that's the it's the same thing it's like yeah. those guys learned how to push into the ground and use that to their advantage and that's that's really what i do that's what makes me so bouncy on the trails because right. i'm just constantly b- bouncing up and down right so that's, that's what dope I, yeah 
Yeah, that's that's dope. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start. You know who's been going to the pump track a lot? Justin. Justin's been going to the pump track a, a lot. lot, dude. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm sure... I'm sure in no time we're going to start seeing him popping off and yeah. you know being playful with his bike. Totally. <laughs> I think that uh I think that is definitely in the future. As long uh, as he doesn't wash his front end. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> dude, that was That guy's uh, wild. Yeah, that He's that wild. crash of him at the at the pump track. I was like, "Whoa." <laughs> I thought it was going to be I thought the damage was going to be worse than yeah. what it was, you yeah, know, thankfully. but luckily it wasn't and uh he's recovering from an injury too. Is he? His back. Oh. Uh I could be wrong, but he he had a, a disc that slipped, oh. and then and then like a hairline fracture on on another one um, from a bike crash or what? From what he said, it's it's been just constant oh. him riding and like his crashes and got just kind of not giving a fuck and just kind of going with it, and then it's just progressively got worse and it's yeah. not allowing it to heal. Which now he said he went to go get um he went to go uh, get it checked out and they they pretty much cleared him. They said he's mm-hmm. good to go, but they said take it easy. So he, that's that's why he's been hitting the pump track more. That makes sense. And not hitting, you know, Rocky Peak and suicide and stuff yeah. like that. But no, uh, that makes sense. I mean, that's uh, I I'd say pump track is probably my favorite way to recover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna Enough. start doing that. I yeah. need to get me a dirt jumper and then go do that because yeah, this is this is too heavy and too ah. big for yeah. For the, that. Sp- the spire isn't exactly <laughs> the. Uh, the most pumpiest bike yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a good bike though well jj i i appreciate you coming out and, and jumping on the me. podcast it's pretty cool um you know an hour and 15 minutes in and we covered a lot yeah. uh, a lot of your story a lot of <laughs> yeah. your job yeah um a lot of good tips on on getting playful and and, and poppy on the trails with the bike so yeah. I'll start going out to the pump tracks and, and I'll get me a dirt jumper to, to, to go and do that with. So, yeah. um, again, start, start looking for those rollers in the trail too. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. To find those spots. And, and I, I want to get that style more integrated in my, in mm-hmm. my writing. So I'll, I'll practice that for sure. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks uh, for having me, bro. Yeah. Good stuff fun. for sure. Till next time, bro. Hell yeah. <laughs>